This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Here we go. It's the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings from Toronto, Ontario, where the Pelicans uh, continue their East Coast road trip. And uh, we are ready to talk about not only the Pelicans road trip, but certainly Saints and Redskins heavy today on the podcast. And um, we'll do it here from my hotel room overlooking uh, beautiful downtown Toronto, which is shrouded in gray right now. It's about 40. It's a little rainy here. Um, but I'm glad to be with you from north of the border, and uh, we are ready for a great show because Daryl Johnston, Daryl Moose Johnston, analyst for the NFL on Fox, is with us today to talk about this weekend's football game. He'll be on the broadcast for Fox. And then as we do every Thursday, we'll visit with the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, and get his thoughts uh, leading into the weekend. And then as far as the Pelicans go, we'll uh, let you listen in to what Alvin Gentry had to say after last night's loss to the Hawks. 10698 to start this road trip and to finish uh, that that strange back to back preceded by a strange back to back that involved two different teams. You, you know what I mean? This whole Dallas Atlanta thing, two teams four times in in less than a week. It, it was it, it was different and it proved to be difficult, especially uh, with the fact that Anthony Davis did not go last night. He was uh, out with a bruised tip. And so, really, four of your five projected starters and your sixth man all were in street clothes last night. And I thought that the Pelicans played brilliantly in those circumstances. But, unfortunately, um, in that circumstance, basically ran out of gas against a Atlanta team that is now 8-2. and two. The final was 106-98. The Pelicans actually had a double-digit lead in the first half and uh, knocked down 11 three-pointers in the first half. Uh, but just couldn't couldn't hang on. Got outscored in the fourth quarter, thirty to twenty-three, and uh, lose the ball game to fall to one and seven. Eric Gordon has been dynamite. They've asked him to carry such a load, and he did his best again last night. He went ten for twenty from the field, four of six from three, and had twenty-six points to uh, to tie Al Horford for game high honors. Uh, Horford was dynamite for Atlanta as he hit a, a career high four threes in uh, the game himself. And then there's Ish Smith, who just continues to uh, really do a job when Drew Holiday can't play, which was the case last night. Smith had 18 points and 10 assists, only three turnovers uh, in a start at point guard. And, and just, again, you, you've got some guys doing more than they're uh, commonly asked to do, maybe in a, even in a different position. And, uh, look, nobody wants a 1-7 and seven start. Um, but I feel like, at least in the last two games, things have gotten better uh, for the Pelicans uh, the guys that are able to even play um, are running the offense more efficiently. They're defending much better. So, gosh, as soon as guys come back from injury, I think this is going to be a really good thing. We'll just we'll have to see. And uh, hopefully Anthony Davis uh, can get enough treatment and rest to perhaps uh, play against the Toronto Raptors uh, here in Canada tomorrow night. We'll see on that. And we'll have Alvin Gentry's thoughts post game for you before we get out of here on our Thursday Black and Blue Report. So with that being said, let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll uh, jump into our Saints-Redskins conversation with the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, right after this.
The Pelican schedule has just been released and 12 game plans are now on sale. 12 game packages, including the ever popular weekend plan, allow you to take in a couple of games a month throughout the season for as low as $199. Don't miss your chance to see NBA All-Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, and more. Visit Pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and score your seats today. It's the hottest comedy event of the year, the Comedy Get Down World Tour, with Cedric the Entertainer, Dale Hughley, Eddie Griffin, George Lopez, and Charlie Murphy. One hilarious night of comedy with the funniest comedians in the country. Get ready to laugh like you've never laughed before with Cedric the Entertainer, Eddie Griffin, Dale Hughley, George Lopez, and Charlie Murphy. Saturday, November 21st, 8 p.m. in the Smoothie King Center. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. The Comedy Get Down World Tour. It's the best comedy show, period. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Uh, It is Thursday, and always on Thursday, we are graced and honored to have the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, with us. Uh, We'll be talking about this upcoming game on the road against the Washington Redskins. Greetings, Mr. Henderson, from Toronto, Canada, where you are a massive celebrity. I didn't know if you were aware or not. It could be from your fishing prowess or maybe the broadcast. I'm not sure, but you're you're well-liked here. Well, it's a beautiful city. I've done some things for the people on the radio stations in Toronto about the same, so maybe that's where I'm recalled. If I'm recalled in any way, that's nice. But, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful city, and uh, I hope the weather isn't too bad for you there. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's not New Orleans-like, let's put it that way. But uh, we'll, 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 we'll push ahead, as they say, and, uh, and try to make our best of our visit here to Canada, our lone visit of the year. Um, it's interesting, uh, Mr. Henderson, as you get ready for your 10th straight Saints game here with no break. The bye will come after the Redskins game. Uh, there are probably a dozen different ways to look at the Saints season so far, uh, some better than others. But one thing's for sure, Jim, uh, as you get into the broadcast booth on Sundays, uh, there is somewhat of an excitement that you don't quite know what you're going to get, do you? Yeah, especially with both teams, actually, Sean. I think they've both been really inconsistent this season and probably more so a disappointment to Saints fans than the Redskins. Redskins only won four games a year ago uh, under Jay Gruden, 4-12, and 12, and with a victory on Sunday, they would equal that meager win total. For the Saints, I think you expected more than that uh, at this juncture of the season, and I think it would be awfully important for the Saints and their fans not to go into the bye week uh, with two losses to teams they should have beaten, and I think most fans think they should have beaten. Were you surprised at what happened against Tennessee last week? Hmm. Yeah, I guess so. But then again, you got to remember how wildly inconsistent this football team has been. And you know, you had two unknowns going into that: Malarkey as the new head coach, and Mariota as a quarterback that had missed the last two games. So um, there were a lot of things that, and, and you can never really figure this league and this team from week to week. But I think those were a couple of factors that no one could truly get a handle on. And, I think, as we said after the game, it, I didn't think that was a Tennessee Titans team that came out, um, you know, with guns blazing, thinking that they wanted to win one for Milwaukee and this great outpouring of emotion for him. 
this was a team that early on was ready to be beat, and the Saints just squandered that opportunity. Yeah, I think that you uh, hit the nail on the head there. Um, let me ask you this about the Saints. If we're talking about an ins- in- inconsistent football club, which we are, um, what's the one thing that has consistently plagued them, and what's one thing that consistently has perhaps saved them now that you've seen them through nine weeks? Well, I think it's pretty evident the thing that saved them is Drew Brees, and the thing that's plagued them is their defensive backfield and their defense as a whole, which is not totally um, um, underappreciated or uh, not uh, not expected for the Saints fans and possibly for the Saints themselves. They knew that was the concern of the team. So I think that uh, the defense, and in particular the defensive backfield, has been the thing that they've had to wrestle with the most, and uh, Drew Brees' performance is the thing that saved the Saints, at least to this juncture. On the Redskins side, their their season's been somewhat inconsistent as well. I mean, they've had trouble running the football. They've got injuries on their offensive line. Yet, they feel like they're getting pieces back and might be able to make a push in the NFC East at this point. Well, one of those pieces they're getting back is Deshaun Jackson, uh, who had missed the first seven games of the season with a pulled hamstring and last week came back uh, with a lot of rust on him, apparently. He was targeted six times, three receptions for just 15 yards, and course he was tripping after the game that he wasn't being used enough so i keep my eye on him if he's back to full speed he certainly didn't look it to be uh, against the patriots last week so that's a that's a concern for the saints defensive backfield but you're right about the redskins running game it's been really uh, poor with alfred morris and matt jones i'm looking at alfred morris averaging 3.3 yards per carry this is a guy that's come off um straight 1,000-yard seasons in 2012, 13, and 14, and this year he's on pace to have about 600. Wow, that's interesting right there. I mean, what about the quarterback situation? Has Cousins been able to anchor this thing at all since the change? Well, they've really protected him well. He has uh, thrown nine interceptions as opposed to ten touchdowns, so he's only been sacked nine times. So I think in some ways you'll probably see an attack from the Redskins very reminiscent of the Titans last week. The Titans didn't have a great deal of, of downfield threats playing without their number one wide receiver. The Redskins are the same. Uh, the Redskins average with Cousins as their quarterback 6.3 yards per pass attempt. That's last in the NFL. And as you saw last week with that revamped Saints linebacking core, they had a lot of trouble with underneath routes. So I think you'll probably see a lot of that uh, come Sunday with the tight end, Jordan Reed. He's a pretty good receiver on third down. So I think you'll probably see... A lot of underneath routes and a team that wants to get rid of the football as quickly as possible and avoid the sack. Yeah, a pair of losing teams going at it this weekend with all these different storylines. Uh, I think we go, we've circled all the way back to the start of our conversation, and that is the unexpected in this weekend. What have you, though, Jim, come to expect in the series between the Saints and the Redskins over the years? Well, it goes so far back. I mean, I can only speak to the most recent games, and the one I recall most recently it was 2012 when the Saints opened the season against the Redskins and Robert Griffin III had a perfect quarterback rating through the first half and just tore the Saints apart. That was Steve Spagnuolo's first game as defensive coordinator. And look at what's happened to Robert Griffin III since. He's only been dressed for one game this season and didn't play in that one, which is amazing when you look back to the, his debut in the NFL. Of course, the injuries have hampered him. But then I also look back to the last time the Saints were in Washington to play at FedEx Field, and that was the game in which the Saints beat um, the Redskins in overtime. That was the famous game as the Saints marched to the Super Bowl. Then Robert Meacham stole the ball from the defensive back of the Redskins, who had intercepted Drew Brees and took it in for a touchdown, one of the standout plays of that season. 
in which there were a lot of them. I guess you could say the Saints were truly on defense offensively in that game and came through. And there were so many big plays by the Saints defense that year that took them to the Super Bowl. And those big plays have been lacking pretty much since. No doubt. And it does seem like a long time ago in a lot of ways, but because of that high impact play during a, a magical season, does it seem recent in your memory as you get ready to make that flight back up to D.C.? Yeah, it does, because it's the last time we've been to FedEx Field, and <laughs> that's not a place I easily forget. It's the toughest place in the NFL. I would think most guys around the NFL who do what I do would say it is to broadcast the game. It's a really difficult place to see the game, particularly as the field moves away from you because you're low and in the corner and uh, kind of askew to the football field. So it's a difficult place to call a game in that you're constantly trying to figure out exactly where the ball is after it crosses the 50-yard line away from you. So very uncomfortable place, um, and it's not a place I look forward to uh, to going to do a game, but hopefully the outcome will change my perception of that. Mm, indeed. How do you adjust to that, Jim, when you're calling a game like that far into the corner and trying to help fans at home visualize what you're having a hard time yourself seeing? Well, Sean, as you well know, I think you rely on your spotter and your statistician for a lot of help, and that's another thing. When you go on the road, you're not sure what you're going to get. So uh, hopefully we'll have some good help. And, you know, Robert Carroll really helps us on the computer during that time. We've got Brian Duvall, our former statistician, who watches the game closely down in Florida or listens to it closely down in Florida, and he'll even uh, text us some some stats in the course of the game or some some observations. So I'll have to rely on the, the supporting cast, as I often do, and they'll probably come through. You know, I think another one of the really interesting sidebars of this story on Sunday as it unfolds is going to be the kicking game. I mean, how interesting is it that Dustin Hopkins, whom the Saints cut to keep their kicker, Hocker, is now in Washington having replaced Kai Forbath, who came to New Orleans to replace the guy who truly replaced Dustin Hopkins. So, and you look at what Forbath has done in the last two games, he's been the hero one one week and uh, potentially somewhat the goat the second, though that ball was a uh, was deflected at the line of scrimmage by the Titans on the missed field goal. Meanwhile, Hopkins is 12 out of 13. He's made six straight. His longest of the season is 54. He's done exactly what they wanted him to do as far as kickoffs, which is the reason they said they got rid of Forbath. They wanted a stronger leg, and, and Hopkins has a touchback um, percentage of 77%. That's fourth best in the NFL. His only miss has come from 53 yards this season and he's made his last six straight, as I might have mentioned. So I think that's going to be interesting as the game gets close uh, down the stretch, and if it is close down the stretch, which I think everybody anticipates, to see how that plays out. Boy, that's a twist right there. Boy, one guy can ruin it for his old team <laughs> on either side. That's right. Great point. That's right. Great point. Great note. My goodness. All the best this weekend, Jim. Um, and uh, as much as I don't want it to come down to one of those guys having to take care of business, I think you're right. It could be that way, and uh, we'll see how it plays out before the bye week. And uh, we'll be anxious for your call this weekend, and then we wish you all the best during what we hope is a restful week next week as the Saints get their bye finally here at the last possible moment in the regular season. Well, thanks a lot, Sean. Good luck to you and the Pelicans tomorrow night. Thank you, sir. We'll need it up here north of the border. Stay tuned. We'll continue our conversation about this Sunday's game with Daryl Johnston right after this. Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. 
At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Create fun and affordable memories for the entire family with a Pierre's Party Pack. Ticket packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include three or more tickets, combo meals, and an on-court free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $48. The next Pierre's Party Pack night is on Friday, November 20th against the San Antonio Spurs. For more information and to plan your next night out with the gang, visit pelicans.com today. Everything you need to know about the Saints and Pelicans is right here on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We're still getting ready, of course, uh, all throughout today for this weekend's game between the Saints and the Washington Redskins. And uh, so cool to have Daryl Johnston with us this morning. It is his first time on the Black and Blue Report. Um, you know, he's a part of one of our favorite broadcast teams, the NFL on Fox. He'll be paired with Kenny Albert for the call this weekend. And Moose, it's uh, it's so great to have you, and I'm so glad that you guys are back on the Saints game this weekend. Yeah, good to be back. We uh, we missed you quite a bit last year. I think we only had you one time last season, so good to get back. Yeah, now here you have guys. us two and two times in three weeks. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we uh, we brought you luck last time. You had the big shootout against the Giants. So. What about that game? Do you remember most? I mean, that was crazy. I just remember how well both the quarterbacks played. Um, I think there's there's obviously uh, an opportunity to be critical of the defenses, and and there were some blown coverages and some some situations during the course of the game uh, where the defenses uh, were not playing well. Uh, but I think you also have to compliment both Drew Brees and Eli Manning. I mean, I thought they were fantastic. Uh, there were times when when receivers were covered well. I, I I don't ever remember. Obviously, when you saw the the results and the yardage and the superlatives that happened in that game. It's, it's a, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to be a part of that. But there were a number of times where the, the guys were covered well and drew and Eli were just, they were spot on with their accuracy that day. Yeah. I felt the same way. I, I, I didn't feel like it was this massive defensive breakdown. Um, even though there were more than 100 points put on the board, uh, Daryl, you know, you guys were so dominant in Dallas during your playing days with three championships, so I'm not so sure that you guys would have ever been in a shootout similar to what you saw between Peyton, I mean, excuse me, Drew Brees and Eli Manning. Um, but as a player, did you ever go through that? And if so, what was it like? You know, we never were. We never were. We, you know, we kind of had an idea of what we thought the way the game was going to go. If we played San Francisco, if we played Green Bay with Favre there, um, you know, those were the opportunities for, for a type of shootout back then, which might, which might be 35-31. 38 35 you know we weren't really pushing the 40s and 50s uh you know back at that time so most of our games you know as as a cowboy during that era we kind of had uh a methodical approach to 
Let's come out. Let's loosen up the defense with the passing game in the first half. We'll mix some play action. We'll have some run in there. Uh, and then in the second half, let's really come out and control the clock, take the time off of it. Um, you know, and, and we would win, you know, 24-14s and, uh, you know, 27-10s. And, and, you know, that was kind of our MO that whole time. So I don't ever really remember being a part of anything like that or, or really, you know, not only as a player, but as a broadcaster too. I mean, that, that's the first time. You know, I can really remember watching uh, a game where offensively it just seemed like neither side of the ball could stop the opposition. So uh, it was it was different for us. It was it was we were tired after the game. You know, I looked at Kenny and I bet that was that was a hard game to do. That was so fast paced, uh, you know, to keep pace with the way the offenses were playing was a challenge. Yeah, I can see that. And it's such a rare thing. No doubt. So the Saints do that to the to the Giants. And then the next week come out and lose at home to the Titans. What do you make of this Saints team here as we made the late October, early November? Well, I, I think the, the big thing is they came out in the first half and, and they, they resembled what they did uh, the week before against the Giants. Uh, they were very efficient in their first three drives. Um, and then all of a sudden you lose momentum. Um, you have the fumbled punt. Then you have the tip pass that goes for a touchdown. And the Titans wrestle away the momentum from you and you have trouble reestablishing it. And then you know, the, the one concern I had going, you know, cause you know, I always follow the teams the following week. And especially after a game like that, uh, we had the giants in our game and I wanted to keep my eye and see how the saints were going to respond. Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in handling success is a little bit more challenging than overcoming adversity. So I wanted to see how the saints played. And, and my one concern going into that game was the front of Tennessee. I, I felt that Tennessee had a much better front than the Giants, and, and that, that may pose some problems. In, in the first half, it didn't, but as they kind of hung in there, they kind of took over the line of scrimmage in the second half defensively, and uh, there really wasn't anything there. But at the end of the game, the Saints have an opportunity to get out of there with a win, and it's one of those things you take for granted. And I was a part of a game like that. You know, we fought all night long. We're out in Arizona. We're playing, and we get an opportunity for a field goal to win it, and we get a field goal blocked. And it was, it was strictly based on poor technique uh, and a player not being aware of uh, the situation. And it's kind of the same thing uh, in New Orleans last week. You know, you've got an opportunity to get out of this game in regulation with a field goal. And you have, uh, you have a little lapse there. And, and you don't understand the importance of that play at that time. And uh, it was unfortunate because I, you, get to five, you get over 500. I think that that's the big stumbling block for New Orleans right now is getting over that 500 mark. And uh, I think just from a mental frame of mind with some young guys and some new guys on that roster, that would have been a big emotional lift for him going into this game this week against the Redskins. No doubt about it. Daryl Johnston, analyst with the NFL on Fox with us. Uh, Daryl, it's this playing on a razor's edge that the Saints have had to deal with now for a number of weeks. I think you just spoke to it a moment ago, but when you're playing on a razor's edge like that, whether it's offensively or defensively, as we've seen the scoring defense uh, struggle for New Orleans, Man, those one place can swing an entire NFL game. From a player's mindset, that must be an, uh, an undue amount of pressure. It really is, and we're seeing it across the league. It's not just with you guys. Um, you've got a couple of dominant teams out there right now. New England, uh, obviously the class of the NFL uh, through the first half of the season, Cincinnati playing very well. Uh, then you've got Denver, Green Bay, some other teams in the mix up there uh, at the top, along with Carolina uh, in your division. So, but even Carolina, you, you look at the Carolina games, they may be 8-0 and undefeated, but they're tight fits from time to time, the majority of the time. They're tight fits. And 
there's a cliche in football that the game will come down to a handful of plays, three to five plays during the course of the game that really tip that game uh, to one side or the other. And, and I don't think it's ever been more true than it is right now. I, I think earlier in the year we had a stat that said 75% of the games were one-possession games inside six minutes in the fourth quarter. So exactly to your point, that razor's edge, uh, those handful of plays are going to tip that game. And then if you've got a young team that's in transition, you have to go through that process of learning how to win those types of games, you know, how to make those plays when they're there uh, during the course of the game. And these are, these are plays that aren't in the fourth quarter with six minutes to go. These are plays during the course of the game that would have given you an opportunity to maybe have a 10-point lead or a two-possession lead inside six minutes. So uh, we see it week in and week out, and I'd say, you know, you look around the NFL, and we're talking about probably 75% of the games are kind of falling into that scenario every Sunday. Good perspective. I appreciate that very much. Moose, what should Saints fans know about their opponent this week, the Washington Redskins? Uh, a dangerous team. Um, you know, they have the potential to play well, uh, you know, similar to, uh, to what New Orleans is going through. Obviously, the second year of Jay Gruden's tenure as head coach, they're still trying to build their chemistry. Uh, you know, bringing in Bill Callahan this year in the run game, I, I think they're still kind of figuring out uh, what they want to do from a run game perspective, uh, but they have the ability to do it. They are getting healthy, um, which is one of the big reasons they struggled uh, the, that first half of the season going all the way back to training camp. So this is a team, and, and we talk about the timing of the NFL and when you catch your opponent. You know, you catch the Dallas Cowboys right now without Tony Romo or a couple of weeks ago without Tony and Des Bryant, and that, that's a huge advantage for you as opposed to catching them uh, in a couple of weeks here when everybody gets back. Uh, I think the same thing can be said for Washington. You know, without their corners, without Trent Williams there one game, their center was out, now he's on IR. Uh, Deshaun Jackson was out of the lineup. Jordan Reed was out of the lineup. You know, this was a team just a month ago. We had them against the Jets with seven starters out of the lineup. They're getting those guys back in the fold right now. Um, they've got some problems. They're struggling to run the ball. They're struggling to stop the run. Um, they're not stretching the field as much as they would like to in the passing game. But the potential is there for everything to come together. They can have that type of game uh, where they'd be able to beat the Saints. So definitely opponent, you kind of look at the record. And you got to be careful not to assume some things based on that record that they have. So uh, I, I think it's going to be a very interesting game. Uh, I'm, I'm really okay. looking forward to it. Uh, last thing, Daryl, um, as you get ready to meet with both coaching staffs this weekend, um, you've seen both teams now in person, but is there one question, whether it's the Washington Redskins or the New Orleans Saints, that you feel like you need to get answered before you hit the broadcast booth on Sunday? Uh, I, I guess for – you know, the one thing with, with Coach Payton, um, you know, I, I've seen him say, you know, we're a flawed team. You know, we've, we've got issues. Um, you know, we're at that point in the season, and, and this, again, goes to the same thing with Jay Gruden. You know, we can't stop the run. We are having critical turnovers. You know, what, what is going on with the NFL today where it's so challenging for teams to be able to correct some things and, and then do it consistently moving forward where it doesn't come back and pop back up and all of a sudden – hey, you know, we were doing a good job, you know, early on in the season, the Redskins were struggling in the third quarter. Um, you know, why couldn't you get that one resolved? Or, you know, we're having trouble stretching the field. You know, well, Deshaun Jackson's back. Sure, it's going to take him a little bit of time, but you've got other weapons out there. You know, why are you having trouble stretching the field? Uh, you know, with, uh, with uh, the Saints, you know, defensively, you know, the, the, the amount of points that are being scored, uh, you know, how, how do you get that figured out? And, 
we're finding out that it's, you know, hey, we, we, we looked at it. There was a couple of issues there. We get one fixed, and then another one pops up the next week. So I just I think our perspective this year has been uh, <laughs> the CBA that was signed a couple of years ago has not been good for the game of football. I, I don't think the coaches have the time. Uh, to teach these guys the fundamentals and techniques. I think the college game, because they had restrictions and time, that the player coming out of college is not as in tune with fundamentals as he was 10 years ago. And I, st- I think we're really starting to see that impact now here in year four, year five, uh, wherever it is that we're at, where a lot of these guys uh, are being forced into the lineup right away, and they're not ready to play um, at the NFL level. So you're going to have growing pains across the board. And uh, it's just the, it's the team, it's the staff, it's the group, it's the positional group that gets those issues corrected the soonest. Uh, we, you know, we can't be here at week eight, week nine, still making the same mistakes we're making in week one, week two. Wow, we could do a whole nother show on that topic alone. Very poignant there, sir. My goodness. <laughs> Daryl Johnson will be the analyst this weekend, paired with Kenny Albert. Barry Landis is the producer for the NFL on Fox, Saints and Skins on Sunday afternoon. Daryl, this was a treat. I really appreciate it, and I hope that you guys have a great weekend. Uh, yeah, glad to, uh, glad to be a part of the black and blue. Hard to believe this is no my problem. first one. <laughs> <laughs> it's one you'll never forget. I mean, come on, three Absolutely. Super Bowl championships, uh, yeah, Hall of Fame career, no doubt, uh, and, and this one will this will stand out for you. I'm kidding, of course. Anyway, <laughs> all the best, Daryl, and I appreciate it very much. You got it. Take care. All right, Daryl Johnson with us here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll continue in just a moment on this Thursday. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. This is Pelicans forward Ryan Anderson, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. We're about ready to wrap things up here from Toronto on this Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I so enjoyed my visits today with Jim Henderson, voice of the Saints, Daryl Johnston, uh, former NFL uh, star fullback for the Dallas Cowboys, and analyst now for the NFL on Fox. We're looking forward to his call. Uh, this weekend with Kenny Albert. Uh, this will be the second time they have the Saints this season for the uh, national broadcast. Kenny will be with us tomorrow, by the way, um, and he'll make his second appearance of the season uh, on the Black and Blue Report. I might have to ask him about his New York Rangers. You know, he's also the radio broadcaster for that NHL franchise, and they are off to a hot start. I think first place in their division, as a matter of fact. Um, maybe not. Maybe I'll just talk football <laughs> tomorrow with Kenny Albert. Uh, that'll be a part of our show, including a Rich Chandler from uh, realredskins.com and csnmidatlantic.com as we finish up our uh, preview this week of the Saints and the Redskins. As always, you'll get the latest on the Saints through your Saints mobile app and through neworleansaints.com. John DeShazer's on the beat while uh, 
We're away with basketball. John's with the football team and uh, with them daily. So uh, check him out later on today and, of course, tomorrow as uh, things are, as he says, the hay will be in the barn at that point. So we'll look forward to that. Uh, as far as the Pelicans go, today's schedule is uh, light. The treatment for all the injured guys, obviously, but a day of rest, um, more importantly, uh, for the entire roster after uh, playing uh, the pair of back-to-backs Friday, Saturday, and then uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, the team got here really late last night. It didn't get really through customs until well after 2 a.m., and uh, so that's what's uh, on tap for the Pelicans today before taking on the Raptors tomorrow. Uh, we did spend time with head coach Alvin Gentry, not only last night after the game, but also in preparation for tonight's Alvin Gentry show. More on that in a moment. First, though, here is Coach Gentry following the loss at Atlanta last night. Coach, it started well again. What was the difference, though, between how your team played in the first half and the second half tonight? Oh, I, I thought we ran out of gas a little bit, really. You know, uh, I mean, guys playing a lot of minutes and uh, – I just thought that, you know, we ran out of gas. We missed some shots that we made in the first half, and then uh, they did a much better job, I thought, in the second half of taking away the things that we got in the first half. So, uh, you know, I think we played hard and competed like crazy, and, uh, you know, we just weren't able to make plays to to get over the hump. You know, I mean, it's a one-point game at the end of the third, and then we had a tough start at the beginning of the fourth quarter. The high number of turnovers compound the problem a little bit tonight. Well, it did. We don't turn the ball over. We're not a we're not a team that turned the ball over uh, very much. But we had a three or four offensive fouls, and then we had some careless plays uh, with the basketball. But all in all, like I said, I thought we competed and played hard. Uh, you know, that's that's what I, I that's what I asked the guys to do, and we just weren't able to make plays uh, that can get us over the hump. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously Anthony had a great game against these guys the last time we played. You know, a career, it tied a career high, and uh, it creates spacing and it creates opportunities uh, uh, for other guys when he's out on the floor. So he's not out there tonight, so we have to find other ways to do it. Uh, we tried, and uh, uh, then I thought they did a good job on Ryan. Uh, they didn't allow him to get separation so he could get it, uh, very many shots off, and uh, – so I don't think it's, it's not so much what we didn't do. I think you got to give credit to them. They uh, made some adjustments and stuff, and it made it very difficult for us. Was one of those adjustments, did they get back a little better in the second half? It seemed like you guys got a lot. Well, I, 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 I think they did a good job. You know, we didn't, I didn't think we pushed it as hard in the second half as we did in the first half, but they did a, uh, a good job. So I think it was a little bit of both. Uh, we didn't push it as hard, and I thought they did a little bit better job of getting back in transition. Smith certainly a bright spot, surprisingly in some ways, since he only joined the team 24 hours before the start of the season. What's allowing him to have the success he's having? Well, I think he's just a tough kid. You know, he's a big-time competitor and, uh, you know, has confidence and he believes in himself. So I just, uh, you know, he's given us everything that he's got, you know. Uh, and I think most of the guys, you know, are playing extremely hard. You know, we're just, you know, shorthanded. We played seven guys most of the game and, uh, major minutes and uh, the matchup is not ideal, you know, with Horford as a five man, with with uh, uh, Lexi R with Omir. So they were kind of limited as to the time they could be on the court. So uh, it just forced us into uh, once again into lineups and positions uh, that guys are not familiar with. So we were a little bit out of whack uh, because of that. Yeah, we got 
whether AD can play Friday versus the Raptors? I, I, I really don't. You know, I don't have any idea. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, uh, he'll, he'll get looked at again tonight and again tomorrow. Uh, and so we'll see how it goes. Uh, I, 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 I wouldn't even speculate because I can't really tell you either way right now. All right, more from Coach Gentry tonight. The Alvin Gentry Show is yours on the flagship station of the New Orleans Pelicans Radio Network. That's 99.5 WRNO-FM in New Orleans. Uh, That'll come your way at 7 o'clock. Great conversation tonight about his international experience with basketball, the current state of things with the Pelicans, and what lies ahead uh, with Toronto and New York still left on this road trip. Otherwise, we're done on the Black and Blue Report this Thursday. Thanks for Daniel Salerson. Uh, for being back in our smoothie, or excuse me, on Studio B on Airline Drive, uh, my connection back and um, and always putting together the show for us. We'll be back tomorrow, as I mentioned, with Rich Tandler, Kenny Albert, and uh, a little more from Coach Gentry tomorrow as well, as we get ready to wrap up the week and uh, hopefully get ready for a successful weekend from both the Saints and the Pelicans. That'll do it, and uh, I can't wait to talk to you tomorrow and tonight, for that matter, on the Alvin Gentry Show. I'm Sean Kelly. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.